This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So, um, college basketball is coming up within the next week. There's been a, some exhibition games going on. It's been quite a bit of fun. If you have things like BTN Plus or you're doing pay-per-view, um, because if you don't, you're just kind of been missing out. Uh, you, you're able to see the highlights on YouTube, but other than that, um, you just haven't been able to watch them, which I don't understand why Big Ten Network hasn't been doing – the games throughout the week, they've been on BTN Plus, but I don't think they've been on Big Ten Network, even though at this point in the year, what else does Big Ten Network have to broadcast? I mean, they have volleyball, probably um, soccer, because football's on the weekends, unless you're just going to cover football 24-7, which they might. But, um, yeah, it's been one of those weird things where you haven't been able to see them. But, um Anyways, in honor of college basketball being out, coming out next Monday, um, going to do a reaction to the AP Top 25 and um, just some other weird, and include some other news that's been going around with that. So let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, number one, North Carolina. We all saw this coming. Um, a team that they only lost Brady Manick from, like, really good, like, star players on that team because Armando Baycott is back, Caleb Love, um, RJ, why can't I think of? RJ Davis, I believe. Let's just pull up the, well, here's a roster. So if everyone, uh, they got Seth Trimble is a freshman coming in. Leaky Black is back again. Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, Puff Johnson is back. And, I mean, they're getting some pretty good freshmen coming in, like Trimble, Jalen Washington out of Gary. Um, some really good players. And they added Pete Nance, who I think will be super underrated for this team just because two years ago, Pete Nance was doing really good at Northwestern like unbelievable to, to the point where people were like, man, they can make a pretty, probably a pretty good tournament bid here. But, um, it kind of fell down after a while. And then last year he just, it was almost off the radar. We never really saw much of him. So, He's going to North Carolina. I think he's a good replacement for Brady Manick, honestly. I think that maybe Nance can do a little more. Maybe not as much in production, but I think that he can. He has more skills that he can bring in. So we have that. Um, so what, else, what were we going to expect? I mean, North Carolina, we should have expected them to be number one, especially after bringing back Baycott, Davis, Love. Um, yeah, so they're number one. No problem so far. Number two, Gonzaga. I mean, they're bringing back Drew Timmy. I mean, they have a couple other players to where you look at them and you're like, 
everyone's expecting big stuff out of them. Uh, Strother is one of them. And just other players where you're like, I don't really see it in like the teams I have a couple years ago. Strother is supposed to be the big um, breakout player this year. You still have Drew Timmy, um, Malachi Smith. Just there's not a lot more that I'm seeing out of these guys. I think Rasir Bolton is supposed to be a pretty good one. But uh, other than that, I I don't know about Gonzaga. I mean, they got blown out by Tennessee in an exhibition game. So I know like there's some things to exhibitions you can take and leave. But I think Gonzaga not keeping it close with Tennessee speaks volumes. And I've, I guarantee a lot of Zags fans are going to say, well, you know, this is an exhibition. You know, we're just getting to the swing of things. Yeah, but it's still like you you lost by quite a bit. So th- we have that. And also, news coming in yesterday, Gonzaga is talking about moving to the Big 12, which is something that I talked about around this time last year. Um I didn't say they should go to the Big 12, but I said they should leave the WCC because if you want to prove yourself, you want to consider yourself to be like a blue blood of sorts, even though you haven't won in the tournament that well, even though they've made it far quite a bit, which is more than what most teams can say. But um, they go to the Big 12. Interesting just because, like, Big 12 is it's rooted in football as much as I think it is in basketball too because everyone's saying like cuz one of the conferences I mentioned last year and I come, I was thinking I I thought about it as soon as I hit stop recording I said they should go to the Pac-12. Well, the Pac-12 won't take them because Gonzaga doesn't have football. To me, I think they have a better chance of making the Pac-12 without a football team than they do the Big 12. Just because, like, the Big 12 is it's rooted. Like, you have Texas, you have Oklahoma. Uh, Kansas is apparently a football school now. We've seen that, even though they've lost quite a bit of games since that whole national hype. K-State has been pretty good. Um, but there's not as many, like, outstanding teams for football as there is in basketball. Like, basketball, it's a toss-up basically every year. So, I would love to see Gonzaga... Just leave the Big 12. Just leave the WCC just because it's too easy for them. It really is. And you wonder, like, man, how easy is it? I know they lose games every now and then. Like, you'll see them lose to San Francisco every now and then. But it's just like, I don't know, guys. Are you really a number one seed or are you just in a really bad conference that makes you look really, really good? And yeah, I get it. Gonzaga's non-conference schedule is incredible. They have to do a really good non-conference schedule. And they win most of the time in non-conference. But those are games that just happen every now and then. Like, you'll get a really good game for, for like, you're in a pretty good tournament. Like, I think they are in the PK-80 a couple years ago. You're in that good of a tournament, and then after that, you start to pick up your gimme games. 
And then when you get in the conference, they're almost all gimme games except for St. Mary's. And conference, you have to prepare for it. I understand that. Like, you're not just not going to prepare. But with the WCC, it does seem really easy for them. I would love to see Gonzaga be in a schedule where night in, night out, they have to perform really well, or they're going to be in the middle of the conference. And I think the Big 12 is a good place for that, so we'll see with that. Houston, up to number three, they jumped 12 spots. Marcus Sasser, All-American. Um, he's back. I think he was injured last year. Here's my thing with Houston. Everyone knows I'm a Purdue guy. Houston is coached by Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson used to be a coach at IU. He brought in Eric Gordon, but then it turns out he cheated and like I think he made like too many phone calls, something like that. So to me, I'm like, I can't root for Houston. Other people can't. I don't blame you because, I mean, they do look really good. But, like, in 2020 or 2021, when I see Houston making it to the Final Four, I'm like, please, Baylor, Baylor, just beat them. Just beat them, please, please. They did, so I had that going for me. But uh, Houston making it to the Final Four while Purdue got knocked out in the first round didn't really help with that. So Houston jumping up 12 spots. I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see. And the American is a good conference. It's not what it was or what it started out with because the American was incredibly stacked when it first when it was first founded. Like you had UConn, you had Louisville, you had a bunch of these really good Big East schools, and then they just leave. So, I mean, I'm, UConn should still be in there, I think. I don't know. This whole conference realignment's got me screwed up. I'll figure that out here soon. So number four, Kentucky jumping up three spots. I think a lot of people forget how good Kentucky was last year. I mean, they were a two seed. They just so happened. Well, it's not a just so happened kind of thing. Like they ran into St. Peter's. And St. Peter's went on to shock the world, making it to the Elite Eight to lose to Carolina, who would, who's a national runner-up. Um, Kentucky, you know, bringing in, doing what they do, they bring in really good freshmen. Oscar Sheedway is back, who was the national player of the year last year. So, we'll see what happens. But, um, SEC is tough, and... You know, you got Arkansas at 10. here, So you got two SEC teams in the top 10. And then Tennessee is on the outside looking in. But we'll get into those layers. SEC is tough. But Kentucky usually comes out of the SEC pretty good. So we'll see what they do this year. Defending national champion Kansas is fifth. And... I'm okay with this because, like, they lost quite a bit from that team last year, and uh, one of their guys transferred out. So, with them at five, them and Baylor tied at five. They both got 1,200 votes. Um, Expect Baylor to be above Kansas here in a couple weeks just because Bill Self is out 
for the first four games, and you start thinking, well, you know, first four games, it's not that big of a deal. So they play Omaha, North Dakota State, and then they have Duke in the Champions Classic. Expect them to lose that, even though that John Shire's got to prove himself. But I don't think that that's going to be his proving ground. I think that they'll beat Kansas just because with Bill Self being out, it's tough losing a guy like that. I know that we've seen interim coaches do really good before, but a guy like Bill Self, that's a tough loss. So I think that Kansas will be probably maybe still top 10, depending on what the rest of the country does after that game, but we'll see. Um, Baylor is also fifth, as I said. Scott Drew just doing his thing. You know, I mean, great defensive team, just all over the place. Baylor's always a good team to root for because nine times out of ten, they're going to be really good. Number seven, you got Duke, who has br- is bringing in some really good freshmen. But it is one of those things where it's like, you know, John Shire has not really proved himself. I mean, he, he was on Coach K's bench for the longest time. I mention it all the time. I found it interesting how Coach K was never interviewed for, like, the halftime interview. It was always John Shire getting interviewed. I mean, and that's how you warm him up into that, that kind of environment and those types of questions. But it's also just like... I haven't seen him coach. I don't know how he's going going to do. I saw that. I mean, I think Duke, they beat someone by quite a bit. I don't remember who at this moment. Maybe it was Texas Tech. They beat someone by quite a bit to the point where in the second half, they just did running clock. They just weren't even going to play like a game. So... There's some good stuff coming out of that. And we'll we'll we will see. I think that Shire is going to have to do a little more to really get in the groove. UCLA number eight, uh it's Jaime Hawkes's team now. We saw him do really well in the tournament in twenty twenty one. So his team now. They're the top of the Pac-12. Makes sense to me. Creighton is a team that I think a lot of people, I think that now because the Big East isn't what it was, they sleep on it. And the Big East is still a really good and competitive conference. We saw Providence come out of there last year. They were pretty good. Um, Creighton is usually pretty good. Um, Butler is always a sleeper team. I know... Past couple years, they haven't been doing well, but they got Thad Mata back. They got my guy, Eric Hunter Jr., in there, so I'm excited to see that. But Creighton is a team that I've been hearing for the longest time. It's like, hey, look out for Creighton. They're going to be good. And we saw that with Zegarowski, and it was just like that season got cut short, so then they had to go around someone else. Now they got Nemhard to go off of. And I'm just like, I need to see it before I believe it. Like, show me that Creighton is going to be very, very good. And that Big East schedule is rough. And, 
Like, the Big East, they just beat up each other. It's like the Big Ten. They literally beat up each other too much to where they don't really find a success in the postseason. So, there's a lot of high hopes in Creighton. It says that they're even. They finished season nine, but they don't. They didn't make that big of an impact on me, honestly. So, we will see what happens. It's one of those things where I get so excited for, but then towards the end, I'm like, man, just... Do just do it, <laughs> you know, just do it. Uh, Arkansas moving up seven spots to number ten, even though they lose Jalen Williams last year. Uh, or maybe I think Duke beat Arkansas by quite a bit. So that was a top ten matchup there. Um, Arkansas, Eric Musselman has them ready to play at all times, and. It's tough to bet against Musselman. I will tell you that right now. I learned that in 2021, and I learned it last year. It's tough to bet against those guys because if you do, you're going to get burned. So I'm excited to see that. Again, two top 10 teams coming out of the SEC. Number 11, Tennessee, already mentioned that they beat the brakes off of Gonzaga. So interesting to see them. In there, I think that Tennessee is weird with me because it's again, it's one of those teams again where it's like I've heard so much about them, and then when a couple years ago when Eves Pons supposed to be the best player in the country, and they just didn't get it done to where I'm like, it brings me back down. It's it's one of those things with Creighton where I'm like, man, you know Tennessee they look pretty good, and I mean like. Tennessee's probably at an all-time high right now. I mean, they're number one in the country in football. Uh, everyone's basically singing Rocky Top all the time. Um, but with them being number 11, it's one of those teams where I'm like, man, you know, Tennessee, I think they're going to be good. And then after, like, those Thanksgiving tournaments, you're kind of like, ooh, that's not what I wanted from them. So we'll see. We'll we, We'll see. Um, Texas, number 12. Chris Beard is another one of those guys where you just cannot bet against because you're going to get burned every time. Trust me, I know as a Purdue fan, you don't want to go up against Chris Beard. I was surprised last year that Purdue against Texas, that Purdue won just because, like, we always lose to Chris Beard. We When he's at Arkansas Little Rock, we lost to him. They killed us when he was at Texas Tech. And then when I got to Texas, I was when I saw the bracket and I saw Texas was like a potential second round game, I was like, no, why? But they did it. But again, Texas is one of those teams where I mean they get all these transfers and pretty good recruits. I mean, Marcus Carr is still there. I thought he would have graduated like four years ago when he because he killed it. He was killing it at Minnesota. And then Patino leaves, so he transfers. And I remember looking, and I was like, man, where's Marcus Carr going to go? It's going to be interesting. Because he can help a team win, like, instantly. And then he goes to Texas, and, I'm, and then I was like, oh, Chris Beard is going to Texas. And I'm like, oh, my God. So we'll see what happens with Texas. I like to root for Marcus Carr and Chris Beard, honestly, even though they've killed Purdue over and over again. But they're out of the conference now. Or, like, we're not... Chris Beard, I'm fine with for the regular season. 
13, IU. And I've talked about this. But um, with this being the best Big Ten team at 13, this says quite a bit about the conference, but I think it says a lot about the AP. And just, I think, just rankings in general. Because I don't think anyone has any Big Ten team in the top 10. This will come back to haunt quite a bit of people. And I'm not saying IU is going to crack the top 10. They might after what happens in Thanksgiving tournaments. We just don't know. But IU has got to play Kansas and North Carolina pretty early. So we'll see what happens. I just don't see IU winning those games. Just me. I know I'm a Purdue fan. But I don't see it. And I've talked with some people, some IU fans, and I remember one of them told me, because I remember asking him, like, I don't see it. Like, is it just me being a Purdue fan? Like, do you think you guys will be this good? And he said, defense will be good, offense will not. We can't shoot. Said that they're overhyped. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm not totally just biased. I mean, kind of am but like am i i'm rooted in something that's good are you being the best big 10 team i really don't see it i get it they made a miraculous big 10 tournament run they didn't even make it to the finals and and like they were close to making it to the finals and then jordan bohannon hits a beautiful shot just beautiful i love jordan bohannon for that but um, then they go to the tournament. They have to play a play-in game. They barely win, and then they lose in the first round. And now I'm just expected to just be like, oh, this team's now a top 15 team in the country. Where are you getting this from? Because, like, Trace Jackson Davis is an All-American. I get it. Whenever I've watched Trace Jackson Davis, he has not – shined for me like he hasn't stuck out and he's someone who when I'm watching I'm like watch it I'm like watch him I remember watching the game against Syracuse Trace Jackson Davis wasn't doing that great both games against Purdue like he did fine but in one game he fouled out early because he finally started guarding the best players which I respect I love Woody for doing that Make him guard the best players because a couple years ago when Archie was in town, he was guarding like Evan Boudreaux, who was scoring like four points a game. And it was like, well, Trace Jackson Davis had like a double-double. Yeah, you he didn't guard anyone. So with that, and Race Thompson, he's like, he's fine. I get it. He's been getting better year by year. But the fact that like he is a huge factor in this team that makes them a top 15 team again. I don't get it. Jalen Hood Shafino is supposed to be really good. Uh, we'll, we're going to have to see. I mean, there's a couple, there's a few Big Ten point guards that really need to prove themselves Sky Clark, Jalen Hood Shafino, and Braden Smith. Those guys need to prove themselves. From what I'm hearing, Sky Clark and Braden Smith have been outstanding and that they have been really um, getting people's attention. I haven't heard the same of Jalen Hood Shafino. I just haven't. Uh, Miller Cop is supposed to be coming back and he's supposed to be really good. He was supposed to be good for you last year. He couldn't really shoot all that well. 
your best shooter, Parker Stewart, left. He's gone, and he wasn't even that good of a shooter. Xavier Johnson, somehow still playing. I don't know how you haven't had him suspended for a couple games because, you know, he got arrested over the summer. And this is something to where people have been arrested. I know people for Purdue have been arrested before, and they've had to sit out a couple games. I saw Xavier Johnson playing in, this, in their exhibition, and I know it's like we'll see what happens for regular season. But, like, he's playing. I don't see it. I think Illinois, from what I'm hearing, did really good in their secret scrimmage against Kansas. I would put them in the top slot. There's a lot of question marks with them. So we'll see. Like, with all the transfers they got coming in, they got Meyer from Baylor. They got someone from Kansas. They have uh, Sky Clark. You have a lot of these guys, and they lost, like, their entire core. But Brad Underwood is pretty good in these situations, I think, and I think they'll be atop of the Big Ten pretty soon. I would also say Michigan, Hunter Dickinson, just having him alone, I think, puts them in in contention. He's just that dominant of a player. I hate to say because I hate that three-point celebration he does where he drags his fingers on the ground. But when you're really good like that, you can do that. And I know I have to throw this in here. I do think Purdue is going to be a sleeper. I know they're receiving votes. I think that they're going to be really good. Like all Purdue needs is that we need to figure out our point guard. And from what we're hearing, like I said, Braden Smith's doing really good. We have a transfer, David Jenkins coming in. He's supposed to be really good. A nice veteran to work with Braden Smith so that they can figure it out. Purdue in their exhibition on Wednesday started two freshmen, Smith and Foster Lawyer, or Fletcher Lawyer, excuse me, Foster plays for Davidson. I like that because, like, bringing your veterans off the bench is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean they're not good. It just means that, you know, that's their best fit. And it could change. I'm hearing Trey Kaufman-Wren is doing really good for a backup center slash forward. Like, Purdue's front court is is really good. The question mark comes in the back court. And the thing is, with the back court, that's what starts an offense usually. So we'll see what happens. But I think Purdue is a sleeper. IU, I do think this is an overreaction to their postseason, which... Again, the Big Ten tournament run was really good. It's the NCAA tournament run where you play Wyoming and then who I don't even know who they lost to in the first round. It was someone that they probably should have beat. But yeah, I think it's just an overreaction. I do think Illinois will be atop of the Big Ten. TCU at 14. Um, they're... I honestly don't know what to say to this. I'm I've heard from like Andy Katz they're they're gonna have like a pretty good uh I think a graduate. Or they have one of the top players in a country for his class. So we'll see. Another Big 12 team. So Texas has some competition. And Kansas and Baylor. So we'll see. Uh Auburn, after losing Jabari Smith, they go to 15. Um Again, one of those things where it's just, I don't know. Like, without Jabari Smith, I don't know how good you're going to be. I just don't. 
So we'll see what that Villanova starting out 16th in the Kyle Neptune era. Not bad. Um, I think this is still one of the situations, and you could probably say it's with Duke as well, but I think that Shire's been way more um he's been he's been preparing for him to become head coach. This may be one of those things where you look at, well, this is still Jay Wright's team. I think Jay might disagree. But who knows? We've seen this with teams before, like when Michigan, when they won in 89 over Seton Hall, when they had Glenn, or was it 91? No, 89. They had Glenn Rice or Neil Robinson. Steve Fisher was the interim coach because their head coach left like during the tournament. And they're like, well, you know, that's his team. It does take a while for it to finally get out of that to say, oh, this is Kyle Neptune's team. It is. But I think that people will still be like, well, you know, these are Jay Wright's recruits. Well, you know, these are Coach K's recruits, you know, just won't doing that kind of stuff. So we'll see what happens. Villanova and the Big East side, they're they'll be I think they'll be fine. Uh Arizona, 17 and our Pac 12 team. I think from what I've read, they're supposed to have international flair again like they did last year at Mathurin. Arizona under Tommy Lloyd. They're a good team to bet on. Again, they're one of those guys where one of those teams where you're like, you know, Gonzaga didn't really do that. I mean, they did all right, but like after Tommy Lloyd left, you can see what Gonzaga has done, and you're like, man, Tommy Lloyd must have been a big part of that team. Virginia 18. Uh, Kihei Clark is supposed to be really good this year. I mean, he did pretty good in the 2019 tournament when him and uh, Diabate um, broke my heart uh, against Purdue in that thrilling game. I was there. I was in KFC for that game. (sighs) Broke my heart. Because he tapped it out to Clark, didn't he? I'm pretty sure. Um, So, yeah, they're supposed to be pretty good. The ACC, Virginia is always a nice team to bet on. San Diego State coming in at 19. I have no, I have nothing on San Diego State. I have no idea. I guess they're going to be really good. So, yeah, San Diego State at 19. Alabama at 20. One of those teams where... Uh, you know, it's, and you can say it's for almost every team in college basketball because there's only one winner every year, but it's one of those teams where you're just like, I had such high expectations for you, and then you just kind of didn't go with it. So, yeah, Alabama and our SEC team to deal with Kentucky and maybe try to beat them up a little bit. Oregon. Number 21, they're supposed to be one of the most improved teams in the entire country. That was according to Andy Katz. I think I saw that video. It came in my recommended. Like I think as soon as they uploaded it, so shout out to uh, NCAA March Madness Digital. I think that's what they call it. Uh, Michigan, number 22. And I know that's one of those things where, you know, they bring back Hunter Dickinson, but, you know, 
they got to deal with some other stuff to where we don't know what they're going to do. Just only one Big Ten team in the top 20, and it's not even a top 10 team, is so infuriating to someone who watches that conference in and out, like day in, day out. Uh, Big Ten is going to prove a lot of people wrong. I don't – we talked about it before. Maybe not do that great in the tournament, but it's, it's because they beat the living crap out of each other all the time. So Michigan twenty two, not mad at it, but like, come on, the Big Ten, you're you are slacking on the Big Ten. So, end of story there. Illinois talked about them; they're twenty three. Dayton at twenty four, Texas Tech at twenty five. Um, Mark Adams did re- pretty good with that Texas Tech team last year. Uh, I had them as I think my national champion. They lost to Duke. Um, so yeah, but I did like that team because for what they did with all those transfers, they did a really good job. So we'll just see if they can do that again. And then receiving votes, you have Texas A&M, UConn, Miami, Florida, Purdue, St. Louis, Michigan State, Florida State, Xavier, Wyoming, Ohio State, Iowa. So there's a lot of big 10 teams getting votes. I'm all right with that. Rutgers, Florida, USC, Virginia Tech, Memphis, Toledo, Notre Dame getting one along with UAB. There's a couple others getting ones too. So, yeah, that's top 25. Going to be interesting with this year. No Jay Wright, no Coach K. No Coach K for the first time since 1980. So, like, the whole landscape is kind of changing in front of us right now. So, we're just going to have to see. I am beyond excited for college basketball to be back. Um, a couple Like, last week, went to an exhibition game at Trine here for our men's team. Going to go to a women's game tonight on the day this is being recorded. Um, I'm just so excited for basketball to be back. Um because college basketball is the best basketball there is. Um, and there's an argument in there for like Indiana high school basketball. But up to this point, there's so much buzz around the country for college basketball. It just makes you think that it's like that. But Indiana high school basketball is back as well. Excited for that. Um, yeah, but with these, just... I'm trying to trying to figure out how to say it. Just cherish these games. Like these first few games for teams just to see how they're gelling together before they get into the big competition is incredible to watch. And one of those things where if you it's one of those things where you blink and you miss it kind of because then you get into the hard non-conference schedule, then you're in the conference and you can lose at any point. And it's like that throughout the entire season, but I mean, come on. The first few games, they schedule those for a reason. So um yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna be on the mic for the first time in months next week believe is the 8th 
Let me double check my calendar here. Why don't I? Okay. Yeah, the 8th. So, excited for that. Um, BMAC on the mic. Um, I'm excited for it, but it's also like, man, I haven't done it in a while. So, we just, we just have to see what happens. Um, and it's so excited for basketball to be back. Um, it's finally going to be back in full swing. Like, the NBA has been fun, but there's been so much drama throughout everything that it's just like, I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. So college basketball is going to be back. So exciting. So let's just enjoy it for the next few months. We have from now until April. So just sit back and enjoy. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DEverhard00. And I'll talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.